0: coming up now and established in the faith there's only one remedy for sin and god's remedy is to perform an operation in your life in this operation of god the scalpel that he uses is the cross of christ of Colossians in your Bibles this morning, chapter 2, Colossians chapter 2, move down if you will to verse 8, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8, and the Apostle Paul said, Beware, in other words, there is a warning here. Beware lest any man spoil you. The word spoil goes back to the Old Testament days when one nation would come up against another nation and they would battle it out. And Whichever nation would lose, the nation that won the victory would take of the spoil, would take of the things which were valuable. And Paul said, Beware lest any man spoil you. Understand this this morning. The most valuable thing that you have is your soul. And the only way your soul can be saved is if you place your faith in Jesus Christ, who He is, the Son of God, and what He did, died on Calvary's cross for your sins. Your faith in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And there are those out there in this world who want to rob you of your faith. And the way they do it, look at the Scripture again, is through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. I don't care who you're listening to. If the one you're listening to does not lead you to the cross, chances are you're listening to false doctrine. Verse 9, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That word bodily simply means reality. If you don't get anything else out of this sermon today, understand this. What Jesus Christ did for us at Calvary's cross, he won a full victory for you. And you can have the fullness of that victory. It can be a reality in your life if you'll continue to maintain your faith in Christ and what he did. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. Mankind is constantly searching for something. Something trying to find something to fulfill the void that is in his soul. The soul of man is so big that only God can fill it up. And the Bible says right here that you are complete in him. Thank God this morning I can say that as I stand before you today, I am a fulfilled man. And not because of anything that I have done, but it's all because of what Jesus Christ has done and His Holy Spirit working within my heart and life. You are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. Jesus Christ is in charge. Jesus Christ is sitting upon the throne. Glory to God. He's in charge. Nothing happens in this world without it going across God's desk first. Verse 11. In whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with Him in baptism wherein also you are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God who has raised Him from the dead. And that's what I want to deal with this morning. Faith in the operation of God. For months now, since the unfortunate death of George Floyd... We have seen a heightened awareness of racism in our country. As well, we have seen a greater effort put forth in this country to address the issue of racism. We have seen statues taken down. We have seen people demanding that The names of buildings be changed Road names be changed Military base names be changed Because the people that they were named after When you go back in history You find out that they owned slaves And we've seen these things taking place in our country today To try to stop this problem of racism in our country We've seen people... Marching down the streets protesting, some of which have turned into riots, violence. Well, Brother James, don't you think that something needs to be done about racism? Uh, Yes, I do. But you've got to understand something this morning, ladies and gentlemen. Racism is a symptom of the real problem. Racism is but a symptom of the problem. See, the problem this morning is not a skin problem. The problem is a sin problem. A sin nature that has so gripped The human race, it dominates the heart of an individual and it is the cause of them doing some of the crazy things that they're doing. And let me tell you something today, we got some people up there in our government today that are doing some crazy things. We got some running for public office that's wanting to do some things that's even more crazy, like defunding the police department. Have you ever heard of something so absurd in all of your life? With all the riot and the mess I've seen going on in our country, we need to put more money into those people who are trying to keep us safe. But that's what sin will do. Read the first chapter of the book of Romans. We have a sin nature that is running amok. So bad that it affects the mind of the individual to where they don't think right. The Bible calls it a reprobate mind. Sin is the problem. Sin is so severe, ladies and gentlemen. Sin is so powerful, it has killed every single human being that has ever lived and is going to take every one of us out and every other single human being that from right on now, right on up until Jesus comes back, sin is what's going to take you out. And some of y'all sitting here this morning, and many of you listening by radio today, you sitting there scared about some coronavirus. You better be worried about that sin virus that's in your heart that's going to take you out because if sin takes you out, ladies and gentlemen, the end result will be death and hell. Sin has eternal consequences to it. And all of man's efforts to try to stop sin is but a fig leaf. Trying to stop Racism with all this tearing down statues and all these other things that they're doing is but a fig leaf. It is not going to stop the problem. The problem is so severe sin, and sin covers a wide territory, ladies and gentlemen. There's only one remedy for sin the sin nature that power that drives the human being to do that which is wrong. And God's remedy is to perform an operation in your life. And in this operation of God, the scalpel that He uses is the cross of Christ. In Genesis, the... 17th chapter, I believe it is. Genesis chapter 17. God made His covenant with Abraham. And in this covenant, He gave to Abraham and everyone who would ever follow thereafter, which would be Israel, the right, R-I-T-E, the right of circumcision. All the men of Israel were to be circumcised, even the little boy babies, eight days after they were born, and that eight-day period of time was to allow the blood to coagulate. But all the men and little boy babies were to be circumcised. And in that act of circumcision, ladies and gentlemen, understand this today, a knife was used, blood was shed, and flesh was removed. That Old Testament ritual, that physical act of circumcision, was a foreshadow of a spiritual circumcision that is to take place within our hearts and lives today, the believer. And today, under the New Testament, Paul called it a circumcision made without hands, an operation. Under this New Testament circumcision of the heart, this spiritual circumcision, the scalpel is the cross of Christ. The blood that is shed is not your blood, but it was Jesus' blood that was shed at Calvary's cross. And under the Old Testament circumcision, flesh was removed. Under the New Testament, the sin nature is cut off. And the sins of the flesh are removed. Oh, glory to God. Let me stay right here for just a few minutes. I said, your sins are cut off. Your sins are gone. Brother, what you did five years ago, as bad as it was, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that sin is gone. God's not going to remember that thing against you. When you stand before God one day, all of your sins are gone. Glory to God. My sins are gone. Good grace and mercy, that's enough to make a Methodist shout. That's enough to make a Pentecostal shout. That's enough to make a Presbyterian shout. That's enough to make a Methodist shout, the glory of God. My sins are gone as far as east is from the West. Gone. Never to be remembered against me anymore. Thank God that old account was settled long ago. No more sins. Now don't misunderstand what I'm saying. You will stand before God one day as a Christian. And you will have to give an account. But it will not be because of any sins. You will not have to give an account of sins because all that was addressed at Calvary you'll have to give an account of the works that you've done since you got saved in other words what have you done with your salvation since you got saved and that's what you'll be judged for some of you are going to get a lot of reward some of you won't get a whole lot if you're like myself if I can just get a tent over there in glory land I'd be happy well, it's better than the other. A <laughs> swimsuit in the lake of fire. That's... <laughs> uh. but let me tell you something. That I want everything God's got for me. You got people there all mixed up and worried about. It. I don't know about all that Holy Ghost thing, Brother James, with gifts and speaking in tongues and. Laying on the hands and healing and all that kind of stuff. Brother James, I just don't know about all that stuff. Look, if it's in this book, I want it. If talking funny is going to draw me closer to the Lord, then so be it. Y'all can come along with me if you want to, or you cannot. That's that's entirely up to you. But I want whatever God has for me. And you should desire and want the same thing. All right. Paul talked about this circumcision made without hands. Colossians 2 verse 11. Julie, if you will, put it up on the screen. He said, In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. And Again, we're talking about a spiritual operation of God. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, that is the sin nature that every one of us has, Uh, by the circumcision of Christ. How does this work? How is this operation, which is so desperately needed within the heart and life of the individual, how is it brought about? How does it work? When Jesus died on Calvary, The Bible says the wages of sin is death. When Jesus died on Calvary, he paid man's sin debt. He didn't leave anything unaccounted for. Every sin, no matter how bad it is, it was paid for at Calvary. When that sin debt was paid, it opened up the door for the Holy Spirit... To work in a way he was not able to work under the old economy of God, the Old Testament. Jesus said, John 14 verse 16. Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you. Forever, Verse 17, latter part of that verse, For he, speaking of the Holy Spirit, dwelleth with you, speaking to the disciples. He dwelleth with you and shall be in you. There you have it. You have living on the inside of you. Every single person under the sound of my voice today that is saved. You've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. You have the most powerful force in all of the universe living down on the inside of you. More powerful than the sin nature. And when the Holy Spirit comes into your heart. The first thing that he does is cut off the power of the sin nature. Cuts it off. There are two laws that Paul dealt with in the 8th chapter of the book of Romans. Romans chapter 8. I believe it's verse 2. He said, The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. spirit. The law of the spirit of life and the law of sin and death. Two very powerful laws. And as we stated, sin has killed every single human being in the world. It is a very powerful law. Sin, death. But there is a law that is more powerful than sin and death. It is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Let me give you this example this morning. I'm getting away from my notes. Sorry, Julie. We'll come back to it next week. But let me deal let me I want to show you something here. About these two laws The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus The law of sin and death Some time ago when we were going up to Raleigh I saw one of these huge airplanes Flying overhead Huge monstrosity I, Tons All that metal and steel And all those passengers on board. And let me tell you, if they weigh as much as I do, that was a heavy plane. We'll leave that alone. (laughs) Glory to God. But if you go to that airport, you'll see them planes sitting all around out there around that airport. They're sitting there on that terminal, on that yard. They are held to the ground by the law of gravity. The law of gravity is a very powerful force, ladies and gentlemen. The law of gravity says that if I release this Bible, what's going to happen? It's going to drop to the floor. It works every single time. But now there is another law that's more powerful than the law of gravity. It's called the law of flight. And the law of flight says that if you can generate enough speed and you can get some wings and get enough lift up under those wings, then you can defy the law of gravity. And that's how that airplane that's sitting on the ground, is able to defy gravity, it puts into play these these two important aspects of the law of flight, speed and lift under the wings. And as long as you have those two keys in play, speed and lift, that airplane will fly. But what if one of them drops out? a wing falls off. You're going to have a lot of people on there, whether they believe in God or not, they're going to be praying. (laughs) And you got a lot of people on that plane that are going to soon be seeing God, if you know what I mean. The law of sin and death has kept every single human being grounded in this world. But the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has one thing for it to come into play. And that is to you, for you to put your faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary. And the moment you do, you can leave this world and go to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. Just a few more weary days, and then I'll fly away. What's another verse of that song? To a land where joy shall never end, I'll fly away. Will well, I fly away, oh glory? I'll fly away. Come on, stand up, sing it with me this morning. Glory to God. When I die, hallelujah, by and by. I'll fly away. Will well, I fly away, oh glory? I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. Our brother James, you ain't supposed to be singing in church with all this coronavirus stuff going on. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Praising and worshiping God is second in place to the preaching of the Word of God. When we sing and praise God, that's when the glory comes down and God's people gets touched. And if we need a touch of God today in our churches, ladies and gentlemen, and if you're listening to me by radio this morning and you're not singing in your churches, you need to stop that foolishness and get back to singing and praising and worshiping God. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we've got something to praise and worship God about today. Glory to God. I've run out of time. I didn't get to the bulk of my message, but we'll get back to it next week. Brother James, you've been on Colossians chapter 2 for the past three weeks. Well, keep on coming back. We might be on it three weeks from now. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And now we're having worship service inside the church every Sunday morning at 930. As well, we're also having Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are being broadcast to the parking lot for those who wish to participate drive-in style and the church is located at 744 friendship church road in middlesex north carolina near the EMED community on the website if you click on the contact us tab google maps will bring you right to us we would love to have you and we hope to see you there and we hope today's program has been a blessing to you thank you for listening and god bless you